and I understood that me marketing my business was more of just me having a conversation and telling stories than it was coming through with a script and a very linear way to talk about a product or service and sell something. Welcome to School for Writers, where we help you ditch that starving, tortured artist cliche and thrive. No more struggling over whether your story is good enough or wondering if your voice deserves to be heard. It's time to step into the power of telling your story to the world. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I am a book-obsessed, queer, fat, witchy, divinely loud woman. And I know what it's like to have society tell you to sit down and shut up. But I'm here to tell you that you've been silenced for far too long. School for Writers was created to help you push through doubt and fear so you can stop procrastinating and start writing because the world needs your story now more than ever. Welcome to School for Writers. Let's get to it. Are you so intimidated by marketing that you're about to swipe over to the next podcast because it scares you so much? If you're trying to build a following on social media or you're out there and you feel like you're shouting into the void and no one's reading your stuff, I have a solution for you. That is email marketing. Yes. Emails, as in old school emails. Well, I guess they feel old school now. Real old school is like handwritten letters, right? But old school emails. I like to tell people that the only thing that hasn't changed since the days of MySpace is my email address. Email is a wonderful way for writers to build an audience of readers, to publicize their writing, and to monetize their writing, whether through books or other offerings that they have. It is such a powerful form of marketing that you naturally can shine at because you're a writer and you're just writing emails to your followers like they're your friends. Email is so powerful that I've put together a whole guide for you on best practices and why you need it and what you can do to implement it right now, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have no mailing list or whether you have a mailing list that you've had for a while but done nothing with, I have that support for you to amplify your readership of your mailing list and to get started. Those one-on-one things for you if you're feeling very intimidated by marketing. You can grab that guide at schoolforwriters.com slash mailing lists. Once again, that's schoolforwriters.com slash mailing lists. And of course, you automatically get that if you're a member of the School for Writers Academy, a monthly membership program where you get access to all of the guides and resources that I create for everybody, including all of my courses. Make marketing yourself as a writer easy. Go to schoolforwriters.com slash mailing lists to learn how. Hello and welcome back to the School for Writers podcast. Are you intimidated by marketing? I was intimidated by marketing for so long, so much so that I had these really amazing programs and these really amazing books that I told nobody about because I was afraid to share parts of myself, which is my offering and my writing and my books to the world, which is why I'm so excited to have this conversation with my dear friend, Liz McFoy. Liz and I have been colleagues for a while. You'll listen till the very end. You can hear why we call ourselves sushipreneurs. We've been colleagues for a really long time, and Liz has helped me to demystify and simplify my marketing 
you heard about this podcast by me marketing it. You've probably been in one of my programs or joined a thing that I had by me marketing it. And a lot of that was me working with Liz as a friend and a colleague in getting me to see marketing as something that is simply just telling a story to the world. Liz is an amazing human and she's a caffeinated mom of two, marketing mentor and founder of Liz McVoy Creative, a video and design agency that helps creative brands and entrepreneurs have greater visibility and impact in their field. Over the last decade, Liz has partnered with large tech companies, boutique brands, and entrepreneurs to build visibility, drive connections, and increase sales through video, branding, and marketing. When she's not working, Liz loves to spend as much time as possible with her husband and two kids in Michigan. Listen, if marketing feels overwhelming, even scary to you, if you're like, oh, I don't need to market, I just want to write, absolutely you need to listen to this episode. It is such a great intro to how marketing can help you get your writing out in the world and get you more readers. So please enjoy this interview with Liz McVoy. Hi, Liz. I'm so excited to have my sushipreneur, colleague, buddy, on this podcast, finally, we've been talking forever about having you come on and share the brilliance that is your marketing. I'm so excited to have you on. I just did a formal introduction of you, but why don't you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you put out in this world? Oh man, I feel like I could spend the whole podcast episode on that, but I will try not to be like that person. So in a nutshell, I am a ex-corporate video producer and web designer turned um, video agency owner, designer, creative director, and really have stepped into this role of marketing mentorship over the past year. And I decided to take my skills, my time, my talent, and partner with female business owners who felt like the never ending laundry list of things to do to market themselves, to stand out, to attract the right people just kept growing and felt crushing. And so I thought, you know what? I don't know everything, but what I know is enough to be able to help somebody get a few steps forward in their journey to growing their business sustainably around the life that they want and not, you know, sinking all this effort into becoming this content creator or a walking freebie because I'm also a mom of two young kids under three. So I know like time is fleeting and precious. It should be protected. And if I'm going to give my energy and have my clients give their energy to things, I want it to be purpose-driven, impactful, and fulfilling. So I, in a nutshell, help other female business owners market themselves with confidence and with ease. So much good stuff to dig into there. I'm so excited to talk about all that because yes, it can feel so overwhelming to market yourself and it will take away from the things you really want to do. So I am here for us to talk about that. But first things first, the first question that I ask everybody who comes on here is why writing? And for you, I'm actually going to switch it a little bit because you tend to be leading more towards a visual storyteller, but you're still a storyteller, which is why we bonded so much. Mm -hmm. So why storytelling? You know, it's so funny because I grew up in the arts. I grew up doing theater. I think my first like leading role was in kindergarten as mama hen. So I've always been drawn towards stories because they connect people. They reveal things about people that uh, whether it's humor or a really intimate moment that maybe they would normally come up in conversation. So story is a great way to evoke that and build connections between people. 
And so from going from like theater to choir to pursuing a business degree, I looked at for my accounting book one day and was like, this is not what I want to be doing. And I, on a whim, which is very unlike me, switched my degree to film because I thought, Hey, I always love telling stories. What if I were to learn from behind the camera instead of, you know, in front of it. And while I did that, what ended up you know, it's funny, you think film class, my hands will be on the camera the whole time, but actually really dug into film history and storytelling and writing. And in one semester in college, I took a creative writing, scripting and storytelling class. And oh my gosh, Lauren, I think I could probably turn out all the crappy work that I turned, but put it into a book because I did so much writing. And that really started with the foundation. And as that pertains to video and branding and marketing, your story is the foundation of your business and the stories that you need to tell for others or the stories that other people need to hear. That is the connection piece. That's the foundation. And as it comes to video, it's just bringing that story to life in a visual way. If you're doing, you know, full-fledged, beautiful brand story video, or as simple as showing up on Instagram stories, informal and saying, Hey, this is what's worked for me today. Here's something I want to share with you. It's using video to connect on a deeper level than just through the written word, which I say that hesitantly because I know you stake your entire career on connecting through the written word, but I love to be able to add this other sensory layer to it. And I think it's so great to bring that up because storytelling isn't just writing. And I think it's really one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is because you are a brilliant storyteller and you're brilliant at creating visual stories that pull people in. And I think that whether we like it or not as writers, visual is taking over the marketing space. So if we can learn to take this skill we already have as writers, storytelling is in our blood or at least in our passion wheelhouse and transfer that to visual, that's how we get that marketing ahead. That's how we move ahead. And I love what you said, your story is the foundation of your business. So whether we are teaching you to make a real whether we're teaching you to write a bio or whether we're teaching you to write a book, you need to think about how you're building a business as a writer around your story and a life around the story you want to live. So one of the things you said in your intro was that you're marketing mentorship. Why mentorship? Like, what does that feel? How does that feel different to you than just like some of the other hats you might wear or titles you might give it? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think when you, it's kind of similar to when you tell a story, you're bringing somebody along on this experience. You're crafting an experience for them rather than lecturing. Like lecturing is very different than storytelling. So I kind of liken that to the agency side of the work that they do is done for you. So if you need video work, brand development, or web design, and you want that done, you don't want to have your hands on it. You just want to trust that to the experts. Like we'll educate you a little bit about what we're doing, but at the end of the day, you get this high-end premium done for you content. It's usually, there's very specific goals in mind and marketing mentorship solves the other half of that. I don't want to say problem, but opportunity really, because on a day-to-day basis, like maybe say you're going to launch like WifeBa, say you have, which is an incredible program. Say you did a launch video for that you could put that out once in a while, right? It could be on a sales page, could be really powerful. People could know you, who you are, but on a day-to-day basis, you still need to talk about WifeBot and the academy in ways that are 
engaging and fun and stand out without, you know, all the noise and the crackle that's out in the, in the digital space. So the marketing mentorship really says like, okay, on the day-to-day basis that you need to cut through this noise and you want to tell stories that connect, but also convert, like, how do you learn those practices? And that's where I thought like, okay, I could do it for them. But I also saw an opportunity. There was a lot of women that either they don't have the budget or the place in their business where they're ready to invest in that kind of big pillar content, but they need to know how to do it on a day-to-day. And even if they can invest in those big pillar pieces of content, you still have to know when you're showing up and when you're putting on email or a blog post or a video, it has to have a purpose. And people come to me and they're like, I've either not been showing up or I've been showing up, but my quality is crap. You know, they're they're putting this message out into the world, but they don't exactly know what it is. So it ends up being more confusing. So the mentorship really crafts that experience where they feel supported and known and also get the tools and resources and skills that they need that sure you could find via Google, but how do you take those things and actually apply them to your business? That's another level. So I like the relational aspect. I like the partnership aspect. So that's why mentorship, if that answers the question. I think that really answers the question. And I love that you're focused on mentorship versus coaching. You're focused on taking the skills that you know and making it accessible. Agency work is great and it's wonderful and doing it all for you is so what a lot of people need. But so many of us are just starting out. We wanna understand this. And I love that you're bringing a communal and a friend and a mentor guide to it. Like somebody who's, I like to say in my programs and wife, the one you mentioned is write your friggin' book already for those who don't know it. But in my, with my wife programming in my academy and in everything I offer, I think of it like this, like everybody needs somebody who's on the journey with them, but you also need somebody who's been there before and knows that route. So they're like, Hey, don't trip there. Hey, here's a thing that might trip you up. Hey, when we turn this corner, the view is going to be amazing. So just keep going or, Hey, this is going to be uphill for a while, but I got you. I'm here. So I love that you build that into what you do. This is why we're friends that you build that into what you do. One of the things that came up though, is you were talking about people who just got started. And I'd love to know where you were when you just got started. So when I talk to people about marketing, that feels daunting, overwhelming. We think of the used car salesman. We think of somebody who's like push, push, pushing in your head. We're so afraid to be that person that we're so afraid of marketing. And I would love to know, did you struggle with that? And how did you overcome it? And where did you get started in thinking about marketing as something that you actually enjoy doing? It's funny that you asked that because I'm like in my mind and we, you know, this, I think in terms of visuals. So for me, it's like cut to movie scene of Liz sitting in her, you know, 12 by 12 office space. That's now a nursery for my son. And I was trying to take some photos of myself because I had no professional photography. We were also in the middle of the actually the beginning of a pandemic. So let me just kind of paint the visual picture for you. So this is, and this is what I love about writing is that really dive, what makes a good story is when you can evoke those visuals in the mind. So I love to do that through video too. But so I was 34 weeks pregnant, decided, Hey, I've got this skill. I want to build off the agency. Would love to somehow maybe do a digital course, maybe mentorship. I don't know. I didn't know. I just knew I had something to do and something that was around the corner. And so I, invested in a program and was trying to start to market myself a little bit. And like I said, in my 12 by 12 office, I was 34 weeks pregnant, trying to do self-timer on my camera to take some pictures so that I could have Instagram content that was out in the world. And I felt foolish, self-conscious, vain, very 
everything that you think somebody would think of you if they were thinking in a critical light, like you think about yourself of like, oh, somebody's just going to think I'm being pushy or I'm just wanting to talk about myself or who is she to show up on camera and act like she knows what she's doing. She's only been in business for a month, even though I had a decade long corporate career doing this for other companies. When the tables are turned and it's you and you are the face of your brand and your heart and soul are in your products or in your services. Oh man, it's like standing in the street naked. And doing that at 34 weeks pregnant, even worse, you know? So that for me, it was like, I started with this feeling of, I know I have to get something out into the world. I know that it's important. I know that this message, what I have to say will help. I don't need to be a Marie Forleo, Jenna Kutcher, Amy Porterfield of the world. I can be me and turn around and grab the person who's behind me, who's maybe three steps back. And so as I started to embrace that and realize that, those who are maybe watching me and judging me weren't my people. That's okay. It came from more of what is my intention through the words that I'm choosing, through the way I want to choose up or show up. How do I live out my personal values and my brand values as a business? And when I started to embrace that, that's really where the ball started to roll faster. And I understood that me marketing my business was more of just me having a conversation and telling stories than it was coming through with a script and a very linear way to talk about a product or service and sell something. Yes, 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 yes. So much of that. So much of that. And I, there's a couple things I want to unpack on what you said. One, for those who aren't familiar with Liz and haven't seen, we've done lots of lives online. We've done a lot through the, especially during 2020, during the pandemic, we were helping each other a lot through that. And that was forward facing. So some of you might've seen me and Liz chatting some before in the past, but one of the reasons we, we bonded is we were in this program together that was helping us figure out how we were going to rearrange our offerings. So they were basically helping the idea, and I'm telling you all this because I want you to start thinking as writers what you could offer the world. And I love that you said, grab the person behind me three steps back and help them on their journey. And that's what mentorship is. And that's what we all need. Like, it might be great to see the, you know, Brad Pitt's of the world and want to work under Brad Pitt to learn how to act and be a movie star. But like, where do you start? <laughs> like, that's a huge gap. I always joke, I would love to have Stephen King in one of my programs, but like, that's not the gap I'm trying to go. Like, I'm not trying to learn from Stephen King how to get started as a writer. Sometimes that gap is so big that it's actually hard for them to understand starting out. So while we want to go learn from the biggest names in the industry, understanding where we stand is so great. And I love that you embrace that. You're like, okay, here is who I am. I have a decade of experience. I have all this experience over here, but what I really want to work with is people who are just starting out. So I love that you embrace that. And two, y'all, Liz launched a business and a new course the day, <laughs> like the week you had a baby. And so I don't think we have to always be doing a million things like, yes, have a baby and have that be the time, like be pregnant and have that be your excuse to do nothing. But also if you think that the X is the reason you could never write a book or you could never have an offering or you could never build a business or you can never find your passion, et cetera, et cetera. Know from Liz <laughs> that, that you can like, even in even within your life. And I love that you said you used earlier, used all that because you are a mom and you like that time is precious. So 
I loved all of that. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you are a mentor. Like what are some of the ways in which you offer up stuff? I ask because in the academy, we're working on helping people understand the offer they want to create around the writing. So how did you, what do you offer? Like what are some of the things that you sell or you offer in exchange for an email address? Like what are some of the offerings you put out in the world? Sure. Okay. So, I mean, I have done a variety of things because at first when I launched my digital course, that was all about, okay, creating video for your video course, your digital course. So it was a little, felt a little bit like inception on that, (laughs) but my pillar freebie, if you will, pillar resource that I have out in the world is a video starter guide. You can grab that on my website, Lauren. I'm sure you'll link to it in the show notes. I'll link to it in the show notes for everybody. Yeah. So I just, boy.com if you're just listening. Yeah. So that is something where I'm like, okay, video is the way that things are going. Obviously you need to have multiple tiers. Like when I work with my clients, either in my group program or one-on-one mentorship, even in the agency, we always go into what's the comprehensive, like 30,000 foot view of what are you doing for your marketing and your digital marketing? So there's video, email, and social media are kind of your three buckets. So I created a freebie to really dive in to the video aspect of things because you just need to get going. You can do it with whatever's in your hand, literally your phone. Um, so I put together that guide to get you started. And it also help you think through a little bit of the stories that you want to tell within that. So it gives you some tangibles on the topics. And I have a lot of different content that's out on my website through my blog and my Instagram. If you follow along, definitely slide into my DMs and say, hi, I'd love to talk to you. So tons of really great free resources and content that I put out there. And if you've been following along with me long enough, or if you read every email, every post, you will probably pretty much see every piece of content that is in any of one of my group programs or my private mentorships. I don't have anything new or cutting edge that nobody hasn't heard of or thought of before, but what I love to do is help you think creatively Let's take my attraction marketing accelerator program, for instance, it's a marketing program. It's very small, intimate group. And we look at your brand strategy. Again, what's the foundation of your business? What stories do you need to be telling? Then what services or products are you offering? How do those support your life? How do they support the people that you want to work with? And then we go into, well, how do you actually get that thing in front of the right people with the right words? in a way that's fun, feels authentic to you, feels engaging. And most importantly, even for the people that don't buy from you still adds value. I don't know if that was super on the head of what I bring out into the world, but basically tons of free stuff, marketing, video, branding, anything that you could really find via Google, but I help you figure it out in a collective way that has worked for me, has worked for my other clients. And I help you figure out, okay, how do you actually take that knowledge and apply it to your business and your life and your goals? Because your goal is going to look entirely different than somebody else's. Lauren, your and my goals look so different. If you are in a partnership and you have young kids, you're going to look totally different than if you're living in a high rise in the city and single, right? Like your desires are going to be different. Your time is going to be different. So how do you actually have a marketing strategy that fits that and complements that? So I help you figure that out. I love that you start with how does it support your life? Because I think we can get into the weeds of marketing. And like, for example, one of the things that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me was I attended this Instagram thing that came out before Reels came out. And they're like, we're introducing this new thing. Here are 
all the things you need to do to get us to show your stuff to people. And it was basically, you need to live on this app and your whole full-time job needs to be creating content for Instagram. And I tried to implement it and I, it broke me. It broke me because I, I was trying too hard to be what Instagram wanted me to be. And what it was doing is my goal was to have this lifestyle. And so one of the things I did is I called you and I was like, Liz, I'm not getting any traction and I'm spending my whole life on Instagram. And you went back to like, how does your marketing support your life? How are you in this all to support your life? And I love that because I ask why, like, why, what's my big why? Why am I doing this? And so I love that you start marketing with how does it support your life? I would love to know with you where that balance can live. How do you balance the fact that social media wants you on it all the time? They want you creating new content, creating new videos, writing new emails, like that balance of needing to market yourself consistently for people to actually remember you and buy your stuff. That's, you know, for writers, that's books or some of the offerings you might create around your content. And how do you balance that in your life? Like, what are some tips you have for that balance? Yeah. Great question. I would say having a, what's a fancy word is an omnipresent approach. So omnipresence means basically like be everywhere at every time, which immediately sounds like, no, no, no. (laughs) I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't know how to do that. So what I teach, and here's a tip, I would encourage you first to sit down. And I do this with my clients, like sit down at the beginning of a month or whenever you are in a creative space and brain dump all the things that you'd like to talk about, whether that's teaching stories you want to tell people that you want to highlight impactful moments, whatever it is, do a great big brain dump and then kind of rearrange that content based on what you have going on. If you have a launch coming up, if you're working on something with your book or with an article, or if you've even read something that you found really impactful, how does that fit into your overall calendar? And then from there you create, you can choose, I'm going to create three new pieces of content a week, which sounds like a lot, but if you can batch it, you create three masterpieces of content and then take that and tweak it a little bit. And you can put it in a lot of different places. Pause to say this takes time to do and you're going to have to experiment with it. But I say, don't put your eggs all in the Instagram basket, which I have a note on that in a second, because when you can have your message go out in a few different places, the people there are different. And if there is a little bit of overlap, my thought is, so what? They'll just understand like, this is super important. Or maybe it hits them at a different point in their day and they actually read it versus scrolling on by while they're in the bathroom on Instagram or something, you know? So having an omnipresent approach really cuts down on all the stuff that you're doing because you're here to be a writer, a storyteller, not a content creator necessarily. So by starting with that masterpiece content and repurposing it and putting it in a few different places, it allows you to reach more and different people. The second thing that when it comes to balance with your life, that also saves you the time And I've actually done this experiment on Instagram kind of unintentionally. I did a launch in April and launches to me are fun, but also draining. I show up a lot with high energy. I put a ton of time into creating content that is valuable, not just like buy this, buy this, buy this, but really teaching people so that they feel comfortable making the decision whether to buy or not to buy at that time. And I took some time off social media in the beginning of May. I took like pretty much two and a half weeks off and things that helped me. I actually ended up getting other clients that were referral during that time, but my engagement went down. I came back feeling like 
ooh, my stuff isn't getting shown anywhere. So really what you were saying, Lauren, of that pressure to be on the platform all the time. But then I looked at other areas of my business. Like I was getting referrals. My website traffic was up. I also went and combed through, well, why is my engagement down? It's because I noticed there were like 600 plus people that were following me on Instagram who I had never spoken to. And for me, this is the big point I want to drive home here is that quality is more important than quantity. And we say, we all say like, oh yeah, we agree. But how many of you are listening have been chasing like a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand Instagram followers or people on your email list? But do you know 50 of those people well enough that they know exactly what you do, who you serve, that you're like the go-to person? Because a lot of the time the answer, if you really think about it, is no. And that's why people end up coming to me, business owners end up coming to me because they don't feel like they're the go-to in their industry and they don't feel like they've really fostered those 10, 20, 50 relationships because they've been chasing after the 10,000 vanity metrics. So for me, when I came back from that break, I deleted 600 plus followers (laughs) and I said, you know what, screw it. And maybe people will look at my account and go, oh, well, she only has a little bit over a thousand compared to almost 2000 followers and think that impacts my credibility, but I know it doesn't. And the people that engage with my content know that I know what I'm doing. So it's a mindset shift. So three takeaways, omnipresence, quality over quantity, and a mindset shift that when you have quality relationships, you can have more impact. And that's what you're here for. And people will buy when they've been positively impacted. Yes. Mic drop. (laughs) People will buy when they feel positively impacted. Now think about this writers, how often do you buy a book because it speaks to you personally versus buying a book and never reading it because it's the book that everybody says you should read. Like I'm gonna devour a lesbian romance because it reminds me of my life, but I might buy that historical fiction everybody's talking about because I wanna look smart and then never read it and it's on my shelf for a year. So that is quantity over quality, right? Talking to your people and knowing that your people know you. I think you gave an amazing tip there that I'm actually gonna start using is that concept of making sure that before you try to get to 10,000, you know that 50 people following you know exactly what you do, what you offer and what you're about. That is brilliant because especially in publishing, they wanna see you have huge numbers. You know, I just had a client and next week, folks, we're going to have a whole podcast episode on this, on like why mailing lists, I think, matter. Because we look, we go for those social media vanity metrics. But I had a person who had a million followers, but couldn't guarantee that any of them would buy anything from them because it's all so much of it is vanity metrics. So I love that you brought that up. And then there were a couple terms in there that I wanted to, to define for people who might not be in our business marketing world. One is a launch. And the other is batching. So do you want to tell us what a launch is and what batching is in the marketing world? Yes. So a launch is basically a big push when you're getting your product or your service out in the world. It's almost kind of like a a digital event, if you will. And what that is, is where you put like a lot of time, energy, you're drawing, you're calling in like all the favors and attention and relationships that you've fostered over time. So a launch isn't just like one week you push your stuff and you're salesy. What a launch is, is saying, hey, the past eight weeks that I've been adding value, building relationships, now it's time to buy. And so you really push your product or service. So for you guys, your book out into the world, and you might have a big book launch with the, you know, signing and all these things. So in the digital world, it's like 
basically waving your flag of like, hey, doors are open, time to get this thing in your hands. And batching, when I say batching your content, so we talked about taking a piece of master content and spreading it out everywhere. And first batching basically means like if you have 10 blog posts that you want to write, rather than writing one a week for 10 weeks, can you sit down over two days and write all 10? What that does and the purpose of batching is when you can get in that focus zone. And I'm sure for writers, like it's probably easier to churn out chapter after chapter than it is that I'm just going to write one chapter. And even if I'm in flow, I'm going to walk away, like get yourself in a flow state and churn out that content because likely when you're in that flow state, your content's going to be better. It'll be cohesive. Um, you can get it done and then you can go into like June and July knowing I got all my blog posts done. So that's the purpose of batching is to. Uh, it's kind of quality control and it's a time saver. Does that help? Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And it's something that I need to implement more in my life. Like I'm really good at going Me on too. the flow and, but like putting, you know, I'm trying to batch together. Perfect example. I'm interviewing you right now for this podcast. I already put makeup on. I already did my hair. I already have the mic out. I'm going to do two solo episodes after this because the setup takes so much time and the space making takes so much time. And I, and you know, that's great. That's why I tell people, yes, if all you can do is 10 minutes a day, you absolutely can be a writer in that. But if you could get a 60 minute period instead, you're probably going to more likely actually reach that period of flow. That's like batching your time as a writer. So mm -hmm. I love that. It's yeah. also less like that mental hurdle. You know, you have to get over that. It's like, if you have to go running, I hate running. So this is a great analogy for me. The hardest thing is putting on my shoes and getting out the door. Like if you can put on your shoes and get out the door, then maybe you walk for five miles rather than just like trying to do one mile every day. I know it's a little different with exercise because like you're supposed to move your body, but then you only have to put on the shoes one time and you're like, woohoo, did it. And you don't have that daunting thing in front of you. Yeah, I also love that because so often I think routines matter. Like I have writing sprint time set up in the academy and in my Write Your Friggin' Book Already program because if you know from 5 to 6 p.m. on Tuesdays you're coming to our writing sprint, you don't have a choice. You don't have to ask yourself, what am I going to do tonight after work? No, you're going to show up to the writing sprint. And I like to include that in morning routines too because you know. So if you batch content, that's great. Like, okay, today I know I'm going to work on 10 blog posts. So you don't have to ask yourself, what am I going to do today in my business? I'm going to work on 10 blog posts. I love that. You mentioned that there are three buckets of marketing, email, social, and video. We've talked about social. Next week, I'm going to have a whole podcast on email for people. So I would love to know, because you're an expert on it, some of your tips, and we can also talk about email as well, but I would really love to know some of your tips on video. So maybe what would be helpful here is, can you give me a, for instance, for somebody who's listening, like, what are their specific challenges when it comes to showing up on video? Is it talking about their stuff? Is it just matter of fact of showing up and having a video presence and getting on camera? Um, I can speak to that specifically if you have an idea. Yeah. And I actually think this is a perfect example of Liz and I's conversations we have over Voxer because I'll be here being like, I don't know how to do a video. And Liz is like, specific, get specific, which is so good for me because I actually am fine on video, but I have this other hangup over here. So one of the things that you just brought up that I love is like, it's not, I don't like this thing. Like, let's get specific on what the problem is. For me, the problem was I didn't, like when we talked about this, I literally didn't know 
how to make a reel, like what, and you were like, use this app. And I downloaded the app and it saved my life. What was the name of that app? I wish I could remember it In now. Shot. In, in Shot. In Shot. So if y'all are I-N-S-H-O-T. Get In Shot. But it's, it's a perfect example to me of why I like to go and ask people who live in this world their help. Like you, how do I make cute real videos like you do because they know it you could google you could search you could spend all this time this is why you buy a program right because you could spend all this time trying to figure it out but instead you're just go to the source and you're like here's this one app you i just saved you hours of looking so i think the specific let's i'm just gonna say take our course take liz's course if you want to get the specifics and instead ask you to talk about the mental because i think that's really where it comes from so I can't say what everybody out there is struggling with, but I can say that most people I talk to are really struggling with just starting. So where would you suggest they just start with making video? Yeah. Okay. I could do this. So uh, the, the hurdles that I often find are, I don't know what to use and I don't know what to say. And yes. Then, and then the, like, of course, like nobody with you, you're a ham for the cam. We know this, but most people are like, eh, you know, I don't really need to be in front of the camera. There are a few people and they all are located in LA <laughs> and they love to be on camera. Right. But most people either like don't really seek it out or they hate it. So if you are in the camp, if you're like, um, you couldn't drag me in front of a camera that I'm going to tell you this little piece. And I'm going to say, this is not for you. It's for whoever needs to hear your message. So get your butt on camera and we're going to start with a very, very simple 15 second challenge to you to show up on if you're on Facebook fab do Facebook stories I think they have stories or Instagram stories it doesn't even have to be face to cam it could be a behind the scenes it could be sharing a tip of the day um, part of your routine it could just be like a thought or even just a photo of yourself a selfie in the moment with some caption in there if you can put on the shoes of getting on camera, so to speak, that will really help break down that barrier. But the next thing is, well, what do I say? And if I, most people show up on video and it's like white screen of death, they don't know, they see the blinking light and they're like, well, crap. So what I would encourage you, even look at an email that you sent, or maybe it's a chapter in something that you wrote or a post that you put out into the world. How can you distill that down and give almost a video recap of it? Or how would you add to it? Because we all know nobody's going to read a novel in your Instagram post, but they might read some bullet points. So how could you basically bullet point an email and do it on video? And you can do, people love to listen to things if there's like the rule of three, you know, step one, step two, step three, or the five things you need to know for X. So you can even just take content that you've already written and kind of use that as your rough script, set up your camera. I even have this like really inexpensive kind of table tripod that I use for my phone. I just pop that in there and I just record. You can do lives. You can do a story. Like I said, you can even try to pre-record something, but I'm going to give you a limit to this. You're only allowed to three takes maximum, only three takes. So you're going to just do it because it's not about you. You're going to show up for at least 15 seconds and you have three tries, and then you just got to post it. 
And listen, y'all, that is the exact advice that Liz gave me, which if you start, if you follow me on Instagram, you see that I have a lot of reels created now because none of them are polished or perfect. All of them are like, okay, I have something to say that has to do with something I'm thinking this week or something I'm putting out this week and going, and this is where batching is great, right? So whenever I send an email out or I have a podcast post, I'm like, what can I also, how can I use video? So we'll take clips from this and pull it out and do different things. So it's not about having to create 20 different reels or 20 different things. It's about those little things. So I love that, like do it quickly and do it. Another tip that you gave me or that we talked through that was great is understanding the music you're going to add mm. um, to reels and, and like really sticking with the theme. And for me, I try to pick nineties pop songs or like hilarious seventies, like weird songs too. So when I go to sit to post it, I'm like, Oh, what song should I put with this? And I'm like, okay, what's a nineties pop song that I can just, I like literally go look up like the top nineties pop songs and throw that in there because it's so easy to sit there and look at the millions of options for hours versus knowing, okay, I'm just going to like choose an NSYNC song today. Themed music is great. Make sure it's on brand for you. You know, if you have a very, um, I always use this example of like, if your brand is like yoga with Adrian, it's very soothing and calm and soft-spoken, like maybe don't pick rage or CrossFit music, right? Like that would throw you off if you went to a yoga class and it ended up being like CrossFit yoga crossover. You'd be like, I don't know what's going on. So make sure your music and the way that you shoot your video and the way that you show up on camera is authentic to you. And that doesn't mean like just showing up, you know, without any makeup or your hair all sloppy, but speak how you would speak in normal life and you'll get more comfortable. Like at first I felt a little bit, I don't know, automated when I was on camera, but the more I did it, the more I just felt like, okay, I'm just showing up and having a conversation. And it feels weird that I can see myself talking right now, but I'm just going to roll with it. And then you get over yourself after a certain point in time, you just do it. I think that's a really great place to stop. Just that piece of advice you just gave right there. Like, just go do it. Just go do it. You're going to write a crappy first draft of your book, just like you're going to probably really do a crappy job at social media at first. But by putting stuff out there, you see what your audience wants to hear, what you enjoy creating and what can work with your life. So yes, I love that. Just, just put yourself out there. So I have three final questions for you that I ask at the end of every interview. The first is, what is a book that you've read that kind of changed your life that profoundly changed you? All right. So the most impactful, I guess, book that I've read lately, and this is so funny because with mom brain, I like can't recall what did I eat last week, let alone what are great books I've read, which sounds terrible because the books that have come to mind are Harry Potter and Profit First. And let me tell you, I've read more than that, but um, the Profit first book has been impactful in my business in the way that I handle and look at my finances. Because as much as I live and breathe marketing, you put numbers in front of my face and I'm like, <gasps> I don't know what to do. And I, I, I'm also very, I need to think it through and really thoroughly understand something before I can go out and do it. It's just, I am that type of person. So the profit first book really helps me break down like what's the difference between revenue and income and how do we budget for taxes and all those things. So if you're looking to build a sustainable career as a writer or as any career, you need to have the money part on lock. So I would recommend profit first for that. And then I think like the other book that I mentioned, which is the Harry Potter series seems silly to mention, but you and I know our love for HP. 
I think what is beautiful about that is that really, uh, so I'm in my early thirties and I grew up with those books and it really shaped a sense of wonder and creativity and imagining things that were beyond the world that I lived in. And I love to be able to take that and bring it into the work that I do now. So seems silly to say Harry Potter, but also Harry Potter. I think that that's amazing because those are both books that have changed my life and that you and I have talked about a lot. One, Harry Potter was really impactful for me as well. It is difficult for me to talk about Harry Potter without mentioning, actually, I shouldn't talk about Harry Potter without mentioning some of the stuff JK Rowling has said that's super anti-trans right now. So I recognize that that's really difficult for a lot of people to read Harry Potter right now and engage in Harry Potter. And that doesn't change that it was really helpful to me growing up and after my brother died. And it's like, I turned to it like people turn to the Bible for really beautiful quotes to help through hard times. So I don't think it's ridiculous at all. And I'm here to second profit first for people because it, what it does is it was this idea that like you get to pay yourself first and you deserve to like take care of your needs first. And so not only did it help me professionally, but it personally helped me understand that I need to pay myself first before I can go out and do other things in this world. Like I have to get my needs met first. So yes to both of those, I love that. And then my second question is, what's a book that you would love to read, but you don't want to have to write? I really, I'm not going to name a specific book because the name is leaving me, but I read The Nightingale years ago, and I really liked that historical fiction, but I would struggle with that because history is not my jam. And the only time I've ever enjoyed history, which granted there's like so much that's removed from our history that we're taught in schools. The only time that I really enjoyed it was in college. I had to take senior year, year last semester, I had to take this one-on-one history class. And the reason I enjoyed it was because my professor was a storyteller. So I think anything that's like historical fiction to really help me better understand what really happened in our world's history, but also through the lens of um, really more of that personal perspective of a great protagonist is something that I would not want to write because I don't think I would do well, but I would definitely read it. Love that. That's a great, great answer. And I resonate with that totally. So my third and final question for you is if people love what you're putting down, how can they pick it up? How can they find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So Instagram is the main place for me on social media, but I love my email community. So I would encourage you, if you guys go and grab that video starter guide, you'll get my email marketing and video tips um, along with motherhood stories, what it's like to be an entrepreneur in this digital world. So that's my email list. Um, But lizmcvoy.com is where you can snag both of those things. And then just slide into my DMs and Instagram and say hi. I love that. And I'm going to do a little promo for your attraction marketing accelerator. If you were somebody who's really trying to get in on how to start marketing yourself, Liz is an amazing expert on that and opens that I think three times a year. Yeah. So our next cohort is going to be in the fall. So that'll run September through finishing up just before December starts. I love that. So go get that free video guide from Liz and then that will get you on the list. And I'm sure you'll get information and follow Liz on Instagram and you can hear when that opens up again, because if you want to learn about marketing, Liz is a great place to start. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. You are one of my favorite colleagues in the industry. I just enjoy chatting with you all the time. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on here and share your brilliance with us around marketing. 
Well, thanks for having me. And for just the year, it feels like years of friendship and guidance and encouragement to um, sushipreneurs for life. Sushipreneurs. Okay, folks, I'm just going to one last thing before we say goodbye. <laughs> I have to explain this. So we are, we call ourselves sushipreneurs because like we were talking about earlier, we got this in this for the lifestyle. What's the life you want to live? And we decided the life we want to live is eating sushi on the beach at any time we want. Like we can have the finances to be able to afford it. We can have the time off to be able to do it so we can and we can fly across the country to see each other so we decided we are calling ourselves sushipreneurs because that's the kind of entrepreneur we want to be the kind of entrepreneur that can fly across the country to eat sushi on the beach together in the middle of the workday. yes so thank you for being my sushipreneur buddy and thank you again for coming on the podcast have a great day liz thank you bye This week's book recommendation is Profit First, Transform Your Business from a Cash-Eating Monster to a Money-Making Machine by Mike Michalowicz. Now, I'm probably saying his name wrong. That's how I learned how to say that name when I was living in the Czech Republic. But if I'm saying it wrong, if it's Michalowicz or Michalowicz, um, he just calls himself Mike in the book because he talks about how so many people butcher his name. So I didn't actually hear him say it. So excuse me if I have his name wrong, but it's Mike Michalowicz. This book, as you heard in my interview with Liz McVoy, really helped transform the way I think about paying myself in my business and in my life, about getting my needs met first and making sure that I am fully resourced as a business owner, as a writer, and as a human being before I go and resource other people and other things. I know that it can be really tricky thinking about budgeting and monetizing. And I know that when you start out a business, which writers are a business, a lot of you are in a business, it can be difficult to think about even paying yourself. I remember I ran my business for a year back in the day when I first started it, and I never once paid myself. I was in debt because my business, there was always that next course to take or that next employee I wanted to bring on or that next thing I wanted to invest in or the next and the next and the next. And next thing I knew, I had a beautiful website that I'd paid a designer wonderful money for and I was making no money myself. Profit First helped me make that shift from going at it from a percentage perspective. A certain percentage of what I make has to go to certain different things. And that helped me because whether I made $10 or hopefully someday soon $10 million, I wanted to know that I was being conscious in the way I was spending my money, both business-wise and in my life. For example, after reading Profit First and after thinking around, I delegate 10% of everything that I make to donating back. We delegate 10% of our spots in School for Writers and all of our programs to scholarship recipients because I wanted 10%, whether I made $100 or whether I made $100 million, to go towards supporting other people. So I love this concept of thinking about money, thinking about profit, thinking about paying myself and resourcing myself first that Mike Michalowicz talked about in this book. So many of the people that I admire that are business people really based their building their business off of the profit first model. It is not imperfect and it has some finagling and some finessing that I had to do on my own, but I really highly encourage grabbing yourself a copy of Profit First by Mike Michalowicz so you could just start to think about how, even if you're just starting out, you don't even have a business yet, but starting from the beginning, 
thinking about how you can transition to making sure that your business doesn't suck all the money out of it, that you're able to actually create Instead of having this like hobby that keeps all your money and time, you're actually able to create a profitable business. And for those of you writers that are sitting here thinking right now, like, well, I'm not in business. I'm not an entrepreneur like Lauren. Well, think about it this way. You're going to put a book out in the world. You want to make sure that whatever percentage you get back from that, you're being conscious of how that money is spent. So think of yourself as an entrepreneur, a creative entrepreneur, and think of yourself as deserving to be paid for your labor and for your goods which is a great way to start understanding how to do that using this book. Now, I listen to it on audiobook and it's rare that I say don't get an audiobook because y'all know how much I love me some audiobooks, but I actually think this is a book I really wish I had bought the physical copy of it so I could take notes in it. I have my notes app is so full and my thumbs hurt from taking notes while I was listening along. So I would say grab yourself a copy. If you love audiobooks, you can. It was still great and he's hilarious. So having a Mike McCullough in your head was really cool to like listen to. But if you want to use it as a workbook, I highly suggest getting a physical version of it. You can grab yourself a physical version of the book by using our bookshop.org link in our bio. Not only does that let you buy it through an independent bookstore of your choosing, it also is an affiliate link that helps support the School for Writer podcast. And if you'd like to do an audiobook, we highly suggest using Libro.fm. It's our favorite way to get audiobooks. And we have a link for that in our bio that gets you a free audiobook and us a free audiobook. So it's a win-win. Go out, get yourself a profit, understand the way that you deserve to be resourced, and grab yourself a copy of Profit First. Transform your business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine by Mike Michalowicz. You just finished another episode of the School for Writers podcast. Woohoo! Go you! Did you know that we're more than just a podcast? School for Writers is a full-service support team helping you to get your story out into the world. Here are three ways you can get even more writerly inspiration and education. Number one, subscribe. It's so easy. All you gotta do is click that little subscribe button down below wherever you listen or watch the School for Writers podcast. That not only guarantees that you don't miss another episode, but it also helps support our continuation of this show. Number two, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at School for Writers. Every day we post helpful tips and tools like journaling prompts, reading recommendations, and live interviews with inspiring experts. Number three, visit schoolforwriters.com where you can check out past episodes, join a writing program, and get even more tips, tools, and inspiration to support your writing life. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Write More Challenge, a 10-day program to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Thanks again for supporting School for Writers. We'll see you next episode. School for Writers is produced by me, Lauren Marie Fleming, with editing and support from Samantha Olivares. All rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC. Our music is De Lejos by Ilabamba. Check them out on Spotify. Big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and big thanks to Kristen Hozak. And of course, a massive thank you to you, the listener. Now put down this podcast already and go write. I'll see you in the next episode.